0: Your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS
1: EFM. Good morning to you. It is 8.18. I know there's great global interest in what Russia is up to in Syria, viewed as propping up the Syrian regime of Bashar al-Assad but at the same time bringing maybe the world perilously close to an accidental war if things were to go really poorly with the United States potentially when you got um, various different foreign forces in the same part of the world and they're not uh, in unison. That's always a potentially dangerous scenario. Mr. Frederick Flights is a senior vice president at the Center for Security Policy, a former CIA analyst with 25 years of experience in U.S. government national security. It's a pleasure to have you on the line. It's
0: great to be on on, on your show and it's great to speak to the people of one of america's closest
1: allies well thank you very much for introducing ourselves in that way but uh, we're forced to look on with a certain level of trepidation at what's going on in in syria for a long time we've we've viewed affairs in the korean peninsula as being a potential site of a proxy war cold war style almost but syria seems to be taking that role at the moment
0: the developments in Syria have been quite a surprise. I've spent a lot of time looking at the North Korean nuclear issue, and I think you're right. We were all thinking that would be the proxy war when multiple states would be involved. We now have a situation in Syria where I don't think Russia is there to fight terrorism. I think Russia is taking advantage of a power vacuum. Uh, it is propping up its ally, the Assad regime. But I think Russia's goal is to create a Russia-led regional axis with Iraq, Syria, and Iran, and it, it, it's very troubling. It, it's changing the whole game of the, of the Middle East, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, you say you're afraid. I mean, how serious could this get, do you think?
0: Well, I don't think there's going to be conflict between the United States and Russia. Neither state wants that, and the, the Obama administration does not want to get involved in a war, especially as the President's uh, time in office is winding down. He's only in office another 15 months. Uh, He's not going to send troops into Syria. He's not going to get into an an offensive operation that would risk conflict with Russia. So I think that the United States will probably let Russia do what it wants to do, and each each state will try to stay out of the other's way.
1: Can you talk to us a bit more about Russia's motivations here? A lot of people can't understand um, you know, despite what you just said about trying to create this axis of power in, in a vacuum, why or how the Kremlin could get behind the Assad regime?
0: Well, Syria is an important uh, ally for Russia. Russia's only Mediterranean port is a port it rents in Syria uh, from the Syrian government. Uh, and for a long time, Russia has more or less been closed out of the Middle East, uh, it's had a relationship with with Syria, but it's it's been a it's been a somewhat limited relationship. But it's now seeing the possibility of this ally being overthrown, uh, and I mean, there's other considerations. There are foreign fighters who were Russian Muslims who are being trained. They're traveling to Syria and Iraq. They're training, then they're coming back as uh, as, as trained jihadist terrorists. That is also a concern of the Russian government. But I think the the long-term goal to take advantage of the power vacuum to advance Russian influence.
1: Even in the best-case scenario, if if all this um, plays out somehow smoothly and we don't see a a, a proxy war, uh, is there this fear that we're seeing 1979 in Afghanistan playing out again that in the future we're just kicking problems down the road?
0: I think the Russians are worried about that, and they are not going to make this intervention into something where they try to occupy Syria and, and restore order. I think the Russian intervention is limited to propping up the Assad regime and attacking Assad's, uh, attacking uh, rebel groups who are an immediate threat to Assad. ISIS's primary objective is establishing an Islamic state. Their secondary uh, objective is taking out the Assad regime. If ISIS keeps to itself in, in parts of, of of Western Syria and in Iraq, the Russians may just
1: leave them alone. That may be fine with ISIS. Mm. From from Russia's perspective, when we see Sergei Lavrov standing alongside John Kerry, as we did a few days back, and and they seem to be talking, at least you know, at least they're prepared to be in the same room together. That that's maybe a positive. But but how far should we believe that Russia is prepared to? Uh, cooperate in any sense when we for example hear reports as we have done more recently that Russia is opposed to creating a no-fly zone that there may even be ground troops entering the picture
0: well there are several factors at play here first of all um, there's an issue of US credibility when the United States has repeatedly laid down red lines and ultimatums to various states including Russia concerning the occupation of Crimea, the occupation of Ukraine, uh, red lines given to Syria that weren't backed up. So I think this has given Lavrov and and Putin to believe that they have more leeway than they may have had in the past Mm. uh, to do what they want, thinking the U.S. won't do anything in response. I I don't think that there's going to be a significant number of troops, but there are are reports of volunteers coming in to Syria, and, and I think that's that that's a possibility but i still think that the russian presence is going to be limited to propping up the assad regime and not getting russia involved in an in afghanistan-like scenario
1: mm, i mean it's just because nato have been condemning russia's actions and claiming that there are already ground troops involved and it, 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 we're getting so many different reports developing all the time can anyone really know what's what's happening you know from day to day well,
0: you dynamic here concerning international law. The Russians are in Syria at the invitation of the Syrian government. When the United States and NATO insists on a no-fly zone and tells Russia to get out, Russia can say, unfortunately, can say so under international law. We're here legally, because the legal government of Syria invited us in. And that's the reason why U.S. Uh, fighters will not attack Syrian mm. positions, because that would that would go beyond The mandate that the president has for the activities in Syria, which is to fight terrorism, not to conduct a war against the Assad regime.
1: It's it's a very poor moment, this story out of Kunduz in Afghanistan for for US PR, isn't it, as well? Russia can use that kind of story as ammunition.
0: It's horrible. It's just horrible. Uh, The bombing of this hospital in Kunduz, it's coming out now that it appears that that. U.S. planes bombed this hospital because they were they were asked to do so. Well, not to bomb the hospital. They were asked to bring in air support by the Afghan government. There has to be an investigation. This we know. Terrible things happen in the war. This was a terrible, terrible thing, and there has to be an investigation. To see what happened.
1: Yeah, uh, how likely is it the U.S. will allow um, an independent investigation, though, given the potential implications of that?
0: I, I don't know how it's going to be investigated, but i'm I'm confident that the Obama administration will have an objective investigation. Yeah. But I mean, there there are groups who are claiming this was a war crime. Doctors without borders are claiming that. Look, this was a hospital, their doctors were killed. I understand that. but I also understand this is a war zone and Mm. mistakes happen in war yeah and and obviously this hospital is not
1: targeted by the united states yeah we we heard from um doctors without borders in the last half hour just to round out what's your advice then to uh, the obama administration and any future u.s administration given the fact that as we suggested before the, the the message from what's happened in ukraine and now in syria is that you know countries can get away with more or less doing what they like and the. The US doesn't seem like it's gonna act and and frankly the international community allied with the US seems helpless too.
0: Well I think Winston Churchill once said democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. We're gonna have strong presidencies and weak presidencies. We have a weak presidency in the US right now. It's not a reflection on our country. It's just the way the political system works. I'm hopeful the next president will be much more will be much stronger and decisive. I think when we lay down ultimatums, we have to mean it. We have to decide that we're going to back them up. Uh, When Russia invaded Georgia, I think, in 2007, the Bush administration did not lay down ultimatums for them to get out, because they weren't prepared to use military force to to make that happen. Mm. We need a much stronger international coalition to address the situation in Syria, and I think we're going to need new leadership in the White House to put it together.
1: Because a number of these issues also apply, don't they, to North Korea. That's um, where we come in, I suppose, in this part of the world. Uh, Mr. Flights, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Great to be here. Frederick Flights, Senior Vice President at the Center for Security Policy, um, a former CIA analyst. Very interesting to hear that expertise. Maybe you'd like to defend the Obama administration, though. Um, Maybe you wouldn't want to see sort of tough military action that uh, could have escalated things further. Potentially, you can text us pound or sharp 1013 for 51 per message. You can email us, EFM this morning, at gmail.com.